for this episode. It's been so long. Here's the thing. We took two weeks off. Yeah. And we already know how good we are with one week off. Those shows are always the best. We know how we are with a year off. That's too much time. Those those comeback shows are terrible. Right. But two weeks, I think this is our sweet spot. Okay. What a stupid message. How many how many new drops do we have for tonight? Just that. That's um, it. Um Doctor Fauci giving that ouchie. Was that guy trolling? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is I don't the the thing that's so is always so um I guess the thing about all of those people that's so concerning is you is you never really know how much of it they believe and how much they're just saying for money. Like to me, Ben Shapiro is probably the biggest example of someone who believes the most of what they're saying. Yeah. But he clearly does some stuff just because he's being paid to do it. But at the same time, if you told me, no, like he really believes like 90% of the stuff he's talking about, I that makes sense to me. Whereas then you have someone like Dave Rubin who's like, there's no way he believes anything he's saying. He's so clearly just doing this to make money that mm-hmm. it's like, you know what I mean? And so that guy, younger guy, I feel like he's just goofing around. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like <clears throat> Ben Shapiro to me is also a, a study in you declare yourself as X for long enough, you're going to convince people. Yeah. You know, if I just walk around and say like, <clears throat> I'm an electrician, I'm an electrician. You know, eventually someone's going to hire me even though I am, non-electrician right <laughs> I just told you and you 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 haven't asked me for credentials yeah you just heard me saying that over and over again right. he's and just like you, you get a big enough following that- i'm yeah i'm the smart conservative right. i'm the smart conservative and and then you get picked up by like the centrists who i remember mark duplass at one point was like this ben shapiro guy he represents the and it's like yeah hamburger yeah, exactly. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then you go into somebody's house and you rewire everything and they live in pitch darkness for the next five years. And they're just like, oh, no, this is great. This is exactly how it's this supposed is, to be. He was an electrician. <laughs> I'm not. And he did all the wiring. And that's this is how we live now. Yeah. So, exactly. What a perfect metaphor. See? Two weeks off and already. What a stupid message. Knocking out the park. Dennis Prager, 99% believes what he's saying. Ah, yeah. I mean, again, there, in that clip, I can't remember exactly, but at the end, he's like, can you imagine if my dad told me that or whatever? It's like, yeah, can you imagine if your dad said he loved you a right, little bit? Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, you'd be a drastically different person. Right. You're a the bitter uns- old man. The unspoken half of that is, can you imagine my dad hated me so much? That he would, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's what we're, that's what, and that's also, that's one of the things that's so confusing. I don't, I guess I don't know how much actual influence and in like audience Dennis Prager has. I cannot imagine anybody under 
70 years old listening to that guy because the way he wraps that up is can you i can't even i can't even imagine if my dad would have said that to me i would have said you must be drunk and he never had a drink you know what i mean it's like <laughs> I, I would have said to a man who never had a drink in his life you're uh, you're talking like you or have a, had a drink it's like what? <laughs> that what? what a roundabout way to <laughs> get to your fo- just say it, old man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's the stuff that parents thrust on their children, thinking that they're you know uh, helping their children out. Like, watch this man. You need to hear this message. Yeah, for sure. And God forbid the kid actually love that adult and want to try and please them because now they're being set up for a ten year journey of. Oh, my 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 dad was a crackpot and yeah. made me listen to yeah. crackpot um crackpots. Um so how do we start talking about that? Well, I don't know, but I have a few random observations I wanted to throw your way in okay. the two weeks we've been off. Yeah. Number one, um the wow, I just forgot all everything. Um what was I going to say? <laughs> I don't know. Literally, what was I going to say? Oh, my God. That's terrifying. Um. Anyway, h- how about this? Glasses. There's nothing wrong with glasses. People wear glasses. You need it's, glasses. It's not, a, it's not a trigger for anything. I don't think you're like nerdy or if you wear glasses or you know, all this, the, the stereotypes, right, that go along with it. Don't don't believe in any of that. But I do think the glasses are an X factor. Like with other um uh which I am forgetting my freaking words. What I'm trying to say is <clears throat> I want pancakes. I saw a kid when I was driving over here today. Uh-huh. And they were also ha- driving. He was driving. Okay. And no, there was a driver. This kid was in the passenger seat. Uh huh. Right. He had glasses on. That kid, how old when you say kid? Uh, 20s. So an adult. Yeah. Why do you keep pushing a button? Are you muting yourself because you're chewing? Yeah. So people okay. don't hear me chewing. <laughs> so I, I, I looked at these kids and they're just, they're acting like kids, you know? Right. Um, at one point, they shout out to somebody in another car. That clearly, the they don't know them. They're like, you can see they're like giggling to yeah, each yeah. other. They're like just having a great time. About to go through a drive-through and order the wrong. Yeah, item. yeah, and, <laughs> and pretend they can't understand the person. Right. What yeah. I said, milkshake. <laughs> yeah, and just keep yelling that over and over again. So. Uh, you know, at one point, I pull up next to him, and I just kind of look over. And, you know, flat brim, straight from the store. Oh, okay. Um, Yankees mm-hmm. cap, right? Um, also, like, sweatshirt, you know, not, not sweatshirt weather. Mm-hmm. And it, and the, and the sweatshirt, I'm trying to think how to describe it. It was just a douchey sweatshirt, mm-hmm. especially to wear in this weather. Like you look at, it, you're like flat brim cap, mm-hmm. sweater, 
uh, you know, d- doing dance moves in your car, mm-hmm. shouting at people. That's just a kid I don't want to be sure. this close to, right? Yeah. And he had glasses on? But then he had glasses. And then that elevated him in my mind to mm-hmm. like, I would tell my children to like stay away from a person like this. Like, <laughs> Wait a minute. Just because he had glasses? Like, because he had glasses on top of everything else. Ex- exactly. See, all everything else, you'd be like, oh, that's a, that's a dumb, that's a, that's a douchebaggy mm-hmm. kid. And then you put a douchebaggy kid in glasses and something's wrong with that person. Then It mm. just, it's that X factor that moves them above just being like a, an annoying, an annoyance into problematic. Like they're, they're problematic at that point. What type of glasses were they? Were they like, like thin wire frame the glasses? The rectangle. But what was the material? Glass. Like plastic, <laughs> they were all plastic, or they were metal thin Frame. frames. Yeah, the, the, right. The what were the frames, frames were made out of? The metal frame. I think they were I think, metal or plastic. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, were they I, thick I plastic metal. or no. like thin metal? No, it's thin metal. Okay. See, that to me says like those type of glasses to me are like, I guess maybe like utilitarian. Kind of like, I just need a pair of glasses. They're like off the rack. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Just no thought put into well, it whatsoever. Clearly somebody who's like has lost their glasses or broken them multiple times. And mom and dad are like, you're ju- we're just buying you the rectangle glasses. Mm-hmm. That's all you're getting. Were they listening to music? <clears throat> yes. Could you, did you know what it was? Can you mute me? They'll still hear me. Yeah. Oh, was I going to get a, a, a an uh, and uh, an, an not appropriate for air response? Uh, it might get you copyright strike because I was going to oh, okay. sing it, sing it for you. But I, all I can say is like the 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 music was also like. Uh, Walk that trick. Walk that trick. Exactly. Yeah, you can cut all that. That wasn't what I was going to say. I was just, I, I just was trying to fill time and being okay. like, the, the, the kids, the douchebags with glasses. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I was trying to think, does that r- relate to other areas? Like other signifiers? And then you put that, like think about the, the qualities, the personal qualities that would kind of, you know, irritate you mm-hmm. already. And then put that person in glasses. Sure. And tell me if that doesn't exponentially, for some reason. I, I mean, I've worn glasses for the majority of my life at this point. So, no, it doesn't do anything for me. It just looks like another human being. Well, I don't see glasses, yeah, Keith. But, I see people. Th- but, but that's what I'm saying. Gla- there's nothing inherently I think you're projecting glasses. because you know how bad you need glasses. Here's what I want to so say. And you're, so you're pushing cut, against that. Cut all of that stuff. Here's what I want to say. All right. I'm not cutting any of glasses. That. Whoever's listening can fast forward. Nothing is inherently wrong with glasses. Mm-hmm. Glasses unless on, unless they're on a person who period who has other issues. And again, those issues can change person to person. I would assume that somebody could look at you and you having elements that would set them off. Right and. When you're not in glasses, they'd be like, uh, I don't like that person for some reason. Yeah. With glasses, they'd be crossing to the other side. So they're like MSG. 
right? You sprinkle it on your food and it just enhances the flavor a little bit. Enhances something, but I, right. yeah, I think it's like, it, it's like a multiplier. Exactly. <clears throat> also Mentos gum. I tried for the first time. Finally, after like a year, uh-huh. whenever I'm at the grocery store checking out, if I see like fruit Mentos, that's kind of what I'll grab. If I'm like, yeah, I want a little candy. Uh-huh. And I keep seeing like the Mentos gum there and I finally bought some and it's disgusting. It's some of the worst gum I've ever had. Well, it's like a mint flavor, right? That's the thing. You would think it would be, it's the fruit. Again, I don't really care for like. So they have a fruit flavor gum. Right. And whatever they did, it's, it's like sour. It's like the sour of citrus. But without any of the sweet at the end, it's just kind uh-huh. of like chewing on like soap. Yeah. Um, gum is crazy in general. You know what I mean? Just like it, just think about it. it's just this thing that you can put in your mouth and just chew on, and you could chew on it forever for the rest of your life, and it would never go away, right? Like more or less. But then you can also swallow it. But it wouldn't like kill you. Isn't that strange? Well, if you swallow enough of it, <clears throat> gum is another multiplier, like glasses. <clears throat> Somebody chewing gum, you, you gotta be careful. Yeah. If I see you chewing gum, it, out like in another setting, gum chewing also sets you off. No, what I'm saying is like consistent gum chewing. Like if I see you outside, we're like hanging out, I meet you for the first time, and you're chewing gum. Cool. If I then See you at like a work function, like, oh, hey, I know you worked here and you're chewing gum again. It's like, okay, let's cool it with the gum. Yeah. Or like if we hang out at night, hey, come over to my house. And then they're chewing gum that night. It's like, okay. And they're in glasses. Forget it. Forget about it. Yeah. Don't stand a chance with you. All right. Um. <sighs> I just destroyed the two weeks off thing. This is bad. You we, ran through we, it in, a, in, in 14 minutes. We can't. 14 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> oh, All right. So um, <laughs> did you want to hop into some of your stuff? I wish I could remember what I was going to say. I, I legitimately, it was something about my birthday. And it's completely Yeah, gone. your birthday was a little bit ago. And I pulled, I pulled gum. So, mm. Okay. Anyway. I apologize. Um, well, f- for my birthday, listen, I'm I'm over it now. Okay. Okay. I'm I'm better. Glad glad we're starting. Um, for my birthday, I demanded a board game day. Mm-hmm. Um, ended up being with children because. No children is impossible, I've realized. It's just, yeah. I feel like at the age that we are and the age that the kids are, you can't really do anything. Yeah, it's going to be a few more years before we can do anything with no kids. But the the other problem, and you, you mentioned this to me and a few years ago, and it stuck with me, and I think it's true. It's like, on the one hand, this is a really positive thing, but when I was m- my son's age, Definitely when I was like your daughter's ages, Mm -hmm. I didn't want to hang out with my parents that much. Yeah, no. And now, 
to get your kid to not want to be like like my my son, love him. He loves me and it's great. Yeah. But like that constant like need just to be like, I don't know what to do. Well, let's just go hang out with my dad. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like we we cannot possibly go outside. That is yeah. why would you even think that we could go outside? No. Let's just go sit in the room where our parents are and see what happens. Right. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's interesting. Um uh, my you and Indy obviously have a very uh I guess I wouldn't say different, but like a deeper connection I feel like than I probably have with the girls. Mm. And maybe not connection, but like they certainly don't enjoy hanging out with me as much as Indy likes hanging out with you, <laughs> right? We still do stuff together. We still have fun hanging out with each other, but it's definitely not like on that level, right? <clears throat> and I think about that, and then I, but then I also think about like the relationship that I had with my parents, that I had with my mom, <clears throat> and like I've had deeper conversations with the girls at the age that they're at than I've ever had in my life with my mom. Right. Like the amount that I talk to my daughters in a week is more than my dad ever spoke to me in his life. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And it's, it is kind of crazy. The diff and, and you know, bringing it back to the whole Dennis Prager shit, it's like the relationship between parents and kids is so different. I feel like, and it just seems like something that, yeah, is like, oh, is, oh, it's like an affront to some of these people where it's like, you, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't right. like enjoy your kids like that. Right. <laughs> right. You know, and it's kind of uh, with that stuff, it's kind of hard to parse again between like what is genuine and what is just like shilling. It's kind of hard to parse like how much of that is him just being like an old crank and kind of trying to play into that stereotype of like, yeah, kids are a burden and parents are constantly being like annoyed by them. Like right. you're a kid, you should not, you should be uh, seen, not heard or however it goes. Yeah. And how much of it is truly like this guy just truly hates people basically, but kids specifically. Yeah. Yeah. And how much of it is like, it, it, it also is just has become like a call and response thing. Yeah. Where you're expected as a conservative or whatever to be the like tough, loving truth. To Listen, you don't have to like me, but you will respect me. And it's like when you break that down, you're like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. As if it's mutually exclusive. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And so, yeah, it's like, it's like how much of that is like, well, it's my <clears throat> conservative job to come out here and be like, yeah, these fifth graders don't deserve to be told they're special. Right. And like, they don't even know what they're saying at that point. Right. Yeah. They're just, you know, it's the same thing with like Mondays. Every Monday I bump into somebody walking through the halls at work. And of course it's going to be like, Hey, good morning. How's it going? Uh, you know, it's just yeah. like, yeah, you don't it's really, Monday, yeah. yeah, you don't hate Mondays that much. You're just, how, how else are we going to pass this in 15 <laughs> seconds? Right. Then if I just don't moan about Monday, you know, yeah. Um, but we did get to play. I I went for it. I was like, I'm setting up two games. <clears throat> well, the, we're doing the first game was pretty quick. Well, see, exactly. So the first game is a game called Ethnos. And simple. 
very simple, very quick, and I've played it with indie, and it's just I find I find it like just a simple, enjoyable game. It's called Ethnos. Ethnos. Doesn't that that sounds kind of like ethnic? Problematic almost. White ethnic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like the theming of it and, and all that stuff doesn't really make a lot of sense. Uh huh. But I I what'd you think? I liked it. I thought it was fun. Like I said, it was again, my my rubric, it was quick. So you get a point there. And it was easy. So you get a point there. Yeah. It's quick, it's easy, area control, two rounds basically, mm-hmm. and then you're out. And you know, simple hand management. I find that game to be really just enjoyable, quick. Yeah. And I got it for nine bucks. Oh, really? Yeah. And I was like, if I play this one time with everybody, there you go. That's, yeah, that's my value. Yeah. But again, I played it with Indie, and it's it's good. And then I set up, um, which I, I realized afterwards, like I play I play every game wrong. I just I don't know what it is if I like don't care enough or if I care too much. You know what I mean? Well. Some of these games are so complicated, it's impossible not to play them wrong unless you're playing for, like, the 20th time. And my approach is I enjoy the time spent around a game. Like, for me, I enjoy trying to figure it out or, once I figure it out, seeing everything work. You know what I mean? I find that interesting. I yeah. really don't care about winning. I could, I could care less. And so I think that's probably the 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 takeaway. But it's weird too how my brain will trigger something. <clears throat> like uh-huh. there are these tiles. So so the game is Great Western Trail, right? Which you'd played before. Yeah, but it's been a while, and I remember really liking it. And I was like, rather than like teaching a whole new game, especially, I felt like I could do one new game with you guys that we may or may not like, or I could do two games that I've had fun with. You know yeah. what I mean? And there are these tiles that you turn over. And I remember, like, <laughs> the tiles were by you, and you turn them over. And some are people, and then some are, like, these teepees, these tents. Mm-hmm. And anytime a tent was, I was like, ah, oh, that, that immediately gets placed on the board. Yeah. And afterwards, I was like, no, it doesn't. Why did my brain, <laughs> why did my brain say, like, no, yeah. this is how you do that? Like, what? Um, but, yeah, Great Western Trail, which I think really – Holds up. I I really like that game. Would you what would you think of Great Western Trail? <clears throat> yeah, I like it. Um This is the way I felt about it the first time we played it, and I and I kind of chalked it up to maybe it was because the first time we played it, but then I felt again after that we played it recently. It feels like it ends maybe one or two turns too early. Because mm-hmm. when it ends, it feels like you, you, or at least me, you've just kind of gotten into like getting everything in place. And now I'm ready to like capitalize on the buildings I've built and all this stuff. But oh, the game's over. <clears throat> and some of that is definitely controlled by like how fast people are moving through the board, right? It's not necessarily an arbitrary like after 10 moves, the game's over. You know what I mean? After everybody take makes 10 moves because you can choose to go through the path as fast or as slow as you want. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if that 
maybe and maybe there because we're there's like a an advanced version or whatever maybe that gets tackled there maybe there's like an alternate way to play it that extends it a little bit but yeah i think two two things number one i, I there's we we played like the base setup which puts down tiles in a certain order and a certain side the the other side right. of them are a little more complex so i think that is what might fix that for you. I think the other other thing too that I like in games is when you can't do everything that the game offers. You have to pick something. So like in this game, you can build or you can like buy cattle. Like the whole idea is you're collecting these this cattle to deliver, right? And make money. But you can't you can't do both. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can't like build up better like herd and build you kind of got to focus on something and i i like that so i feel like if on the next play there's like that i'm just going to focus on this area and not try to do a little bit of everything mm-hmm. if you would see that return a little better where it's like oh wow i'm i'm actually now like <clears throat> seeing the benefits of what i'm doing yeah um yeah so anyway i'm i'm actually Paring down my my collection, mm. um, getting rid of some stuff, trading in, all that. And I found that there is a new version of it. Oh, really? So I got rid of that one. Like a revision or something? Yeah, mm. revision. And then they've tweaked some stuff, which, again, I'm kind of with you. I'm like, I think it's a really great game that could even get better with some tweaks. And so they've, they've tweaked it, and uh, I ended up upgrading it. I traded it in with some other... Some other games, mm-hmm. and so yeah, that's going to be one. One that I'm, I'm going to at least want to try and play again on a more advanced. Yeah, maybe when maybe when Chris comes. Um, did you fin you finished Immortality? I finished Immortality, and it's it feels kind of to me like a <laughs> like again, it's like how I rate books. Where it's just like, hey, A for effort, people, you know? Yeah. Way, way to go. You feel like you got a grasp on the story and all that? I feel like I do. And there's still enough out there that you that I don't know. And I think one of the problems with that is I don't know who Sam Barlow is. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember when Charlie Kaufman w- released his book, I was like, Oh, I'm I'm excited for that. Mm. And I read through Antkind and I'm like <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah. Like absolutely crazy. And yeah. then I'm but I'm also like well I'm the dummy here. If I wanted to, I bet I could just devote a year of my life to like picking apart Antkind and yeah. what it means and what it symbolizes. Same thing with like Cormac McCarthy. Like I read The Road, and I'm like, yeah, I got a good handle on what that's about. But, or Blood Meridian. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I think that there are people who, like, devote their professional lives to, like, interpreting, you know, Blood Meridian. Mm-hmm. And I think on those, I'd be like, oh, yeah, knowing Cormac McCarthy, if there's something that I don't get, I'm, I, I know it's me. But Sam Barlow, oh, I don't right. know. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I get to the end, end of Immortality, I'm like, well, this kind of doesn't make sense, and what does that mean? But then I'm also like, well, that could 
literally not mean anything. Like it could yeah. literally, he, he could. Well, it's also, you get to the end, but you know, there's probably a dozen or more video clips that you were missing or haven't actually seen yet. That's kind of the nature of the beast. Well, I kind of made sure that I hundred percented it. Oh, you, you did. That I uncovered, like there's an achievement for uncovering all the clips. Oh, okay. Um, but there's still questions at the end of that. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, for, for me, I ended up really appreciating the, the acting I think is fantastic. The way they recreated their films and their scenes and the ambition of the game is like ridiculous. Mm -hmm. In terms of what does it all mean? Does it all add up? I'm not as interested in that, but I did find a YouTube, um, they actually mentioned it. Did you listen to the Rusties? Not yet. They they talk about it and they actually the one that just came out, right? Yeah, they mm -hmm. actually mentioned this YouTuber Sam Gowing. Mm -hmm. I found found him on my own on YouTube a few days ago, but he does a story explanation that's like as thorough as you can get. Mm -hmm. And I once I watched it, I was like, I'm good. And he doesn't even answer everything. Okay. So, yeah, I I ended up if you like, you know, FMV like full motion video, that's mm -hmm. what yeah, games and you don't mind like pretentiousness in your mm -hmm. games, a little bit of like you don't mind just rewinding and fast forwarding clips for hours on end. Yeah, if, if you can get into like the acting and the deeper story uh -huh. and even connect to the movies, like I really like the Ambrosio the first film is based off of a real book called The Monk. And uh -huh. so it makes me want to, like, I want to read The Monk now. Like, yeah. I like the fact that it is tied in a little deeper. And that goes back to our first conversation where I was kind of bemoaning that the, the easy access in some ways hurts that kind of, like, lived-in environment that you mm -hmm. want these to have, where it's like, ooh, I've uncovered something, I found something. This, just because it, I, I didn't even know it had to have existed. Which I think is the problem, right? I can't imagine just opening Game Pass, seeing Immortality, being like, yeah, I'll try this out. Yeah. I don't think anybody who just tries this game out without knowing about it would be like, oh, I am hooked. I, I yeah. could just see him be like, what the hell is this? Mm -hmm. I'm out of here. And so, yeah, with, with removing that barrier of kind of let me let me chase it a little bit, yeah, it's it, it lessens that impact. Mm -hmm. But... I think it's wonderful. I think someone's going to like get it one of these days. Really quick, because I do want to move on. Did I talk about my idea um, for a show on the podcast? I don't think so. This is this is what I think needs to happen. I think Netflix, which picked up the game, so if oh, you have a right. Netflix mm -hmm. uh, subscription, you'll be able to play this. I think they need to. Get a TV series, and I think they need to make it FMV, and I think they need to release it week by week. Right. So the show you can watch, but then you can pause, you can interact, you can maybe it's structured like Immortality where there's you know scenes within scenes to find, mm -hmm. and then you give people that week to like discuss it. Truly make it that kind of like ecosystem of. I found this. I clicked on this symbol and it took me to the Yellow King, you know, description. Right. And then I went over here. Like you could 
just link it up and make it. So maybe it's a normal episode that then if you want to go deeper, you, you can, I think that there's, I think that is a reality that could pay off, especially as we get into like more reaction videos, like that whole ecosystem Mm -hmm. that is now like built out every show you're expected there to be like 12 YouTube channels are like, let's talk about episode by episode or, or podcast. Yeah. I mean, I think they kind of dabbled into that a little bit with um, Bandersnatch, right? Yeah, but Bandersnatch was that one, like, movie, right? Yeah. And I didn't mind Bandersnatch. Oh, I liked it. Exactly. Yeah. So if you if you kind of take that idea and take Immortality, Netflix is dabbling into games. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe release it as a game, but, like, you know doesn't have to be a show <clears throat> but i do think that kind of serialized storytelling lends itself to an fmv or like an investigation right like a fake serial investigation mm-hmm. um you know if you like you could have done blair like if you're doing blair witch now i would be doing it as an fmv experience mm-hmm. <clears throat> Um, okay. So, what else are we going to talk about? Oh, I've been talking a lot. Immortality. Um, well, uh, do you want to talk about the, um, serial stuff real quick? We can talk about serial. I want to talk about barbarian. Yeah, we have to get to barbarian eventually. And then I want to talk about some books. Okay. But the books, my I feel like I spoiled my rant time on um, the glasses, which I want to take fine. back. Now. You don't have a. Well, I'm going to annoy myself. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um. Well, I did want to talk about the serial stuff real quick. So Adnan was released like temporarily or whatever while they're deciding whether or not to. Um prosecute him again or just drop the case and it seems like they're probably just going to drop the case Mm -hmm. because it's it seems really strange that they would initiate it seems really straight just on its face period that they would initiate all this dna testing and then before that's even completed be like yeah we're we're releasing the main suspect (laughs) So I have a feeling they might have a good idea of what the DNA results are going to return. Um, but in light of this, I decided to, so this news just came out like yesterday, right? I decided to go back to the first season of serial and kind of re-listen and try and, you know, just sort of, you know, get back into that headspace, I guess. And it's just, it's interesting what, serial was and what it became Mm -hmm. it it came out in 2014 so eight years ago and it kind of became like the boon for modern day true crime stuff you know because the true crime stuff has always been around it's always just been trashy tv you know dateline 2020 that's been like the majority of their episodes and all that but then serial comes out and it kind of i don't know it just seemed like it was like a catalyst for maybe our generation's obsession with true crime. 
And going back and listening to it, it's what what strikes me the most about it is that they it's it's approached like a this American life story, which is what it is basically, mm-hmm. right? But and this is kind of something we talked about with um, white dialogues how that second story kind of really nails the sort of American, this American life voice. And this podcast still has it. And it's like, it's just weird to hear this, this like almost like a human interest story. Like the second episode, I think starts with Sarah Koenig just reading from Hey, Hey, Hey Min Lee's, diary Mm. and in the background they start sort of slowly bringing up uh, like a boys to men song right and it's very clearly being made to like being to be played for like kind of just like a i don't know just like light-hearted kind of funny whimsical thing Mm -hmm. but the entire time i'm thinking like this girl was strangled to death Mm -hmm. it's so i don't want to say gross because i don't think there's like like ill intent to it, you know? Yeah. And it's just so clear that like this, these people had no idea what they were getting themselves into. But at the same time, I don't think they set out to make something that was like, this is the definitive. We're going to figure this out. Blah, 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 blah. Um, and I think over time it's become like easy to be cynical about serial. That first season of serial. I certainly have. Yeah. And I think that is also kind of, um, clouded my judgment of the case itself and coming away from it. And over the years, my kind of take on it was, it seems like he's probably guilty, but I don't see how he could have ever been convicted. Right. Based on the evidence that they had <clears throat> and going back and listening to it. That's the other thing too. Since this has come out, you know, there's been so much true crime stuff. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it for me, the focus of it or what I have kind of drilled into has been the false confession aspects of everything and how the police uh, will, you know, force people to confess or write stuff up for them to to, to confess to. <clears throat> and going back and listening to it and listening to Jay and Jen, who was his the girl at counterpart, listening to their um, interrogation tapes, it is so clearly being like coached and like they're so clearly either being told what to say or trying to remember what they were told to say. Um, It just is crazy. And then on top of all of that, this is something else that was, I guess not forgotten because at the time it came out before all this other stuff, but this was taking place in Baltimore, right? Like, Mm -hmm. The Wire, Baltimore. Yeah. We own this city, Baltimore. Yeah. The most corrupt cops and detectives in the country, Baltimore, you know? <clears throat> so it's just been interesting to kind of revisit that and then to go back into, like, the serial subreddit, and it's still very split. There are people, like, he did It's so obvious that he did it. How do you account for this? Da-da-da-da-da. Well, no, he didn't do it because obviously Jay is a liar. How do you trust anything he says? You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> so it's just been interesting to revisit all of that. Yeah. It made me think about it. Cause I, I definitely have soured on it as well. And I don't think that there's like ill intent. 
and I don't even know if this is true, but I remember when uh, Adnan got released, I saw on Twitter just somebody was like, so Adnan got released on based on evidence that was completely uncovered by the podcast. Like, not uncovered, but not touched on, not discussed. Right. Well, my understanding is that, yes, it no, it was not covered by the podcast. But my understanding also was that it was evidence that was never even given to the defense. Like exactly. It was evidence that nobody knew about right. until now. Right. Because there, <clears throat> there also is a, is a clear dividing line between serial, which, like you said, was like a human interest approach, and at the forefront of the true crime boom. And then there's, like, what was that one podcast about Curtis Flowers? In the Dark. In the dark. Right. That yeah. should be like the golden standard. You have a lady who's like in a basement with like rats and cockroaches, yeah. like pulling at files, yeah. like looking through stuff, confronting, you know, politicians and police, like bringing the evidence to them. And then as soon as she gets something, like immediately turning it over and appearing in the lawyer's right. like appeal. Yeah. I mean, there, there's, it's like a night and day difference between like serial and in the dark, right? Yeah. Um, and that's kind of my point, though, is, is they're two different things. And exactly. I think serial kind of gets, they, they've so clearly got like in over their head. And I don't know if you can do a human interest story about a girl who was murdered. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, it, it just feels kind of weird. To, to me, the thing that sticks out always about season one of Serial is when they drive the route. Yeah, I just listened to that. And I remember in the moment being like, oh, they're going to drive the route. They're going to find it. And then mm -hmm. as soon as it starts, you're like, this is the dumbest thing that any, but like, what other way could you delegitimize what you're doing to being like, Oh, you're saying he got from here to here in 15 minutes? Well, right. let's see. Yeah. And and you know, like, that distance is not, like, th there's nothing suspicious about that distance. Yeah. Probably on his face. And what does it turn out to be? Yeah, it could be done. Right. Well, Maybe. and, and even like, that's the thing. They're like, it could be done. They And then they're breaking down their thing. And they're like, okay, well, we're going to say, we're, you know, we're going to give him uh, 90 seconds to strangle her to death. And it's like. That that maybe that's your cue to not do this. Not do this. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Listen, <laughs> when I think about strangling somebody, yeah. you know, I'm thinking sixty seconds to get close to them. You know, yeah. Right. Like, what what evaluation are you applying to that? Like, yeah. yeah. Stop. So I feel like if anything, serial should be kind of like the prime example of like why unqualified, quote unquote, is a bad way to phrase it but like why people shouldn't like kind of poke their noses around in this you know what i mean like and, and what i mean by that is like people like sarah koenig who's used to doing like quirky 15 minute radio stories yeah or the thousands of people on the serial subreddit right leave it to the the you know the in the dark reporter whose name i can't remember you know who who like <clears throat> who knows how to do this stuff and the other thing that really um stuck out to me was 
the entire the the whole show opened the very opening of the podcast the first second of the first episode is Sarah Koenig proposing a uh, or, or or giving giving you the listener a thought experiment right and her thought experiment is um think back to a day 6 weeks ago a wednesday 6 weeks ago who did you talk to on that day where did you go? What did you do at this time? Blah, blah, blah. And just, you know, building up this thought experiment that's very obviously meant to lead you in a way to think, yeah, who, who's going to remember something from six weeks ago on a random, just normal day, which is very obviously meant to then, I mean, maybe it's not meant, but it then very purposefully like leads you down this line of thinking to be immediately sympathetic for Adnan and, and, and him just basically not having an alibi. Which again, at this point, I don't even disagree with that. Mm-hmm. It, it does kind of make sense, but it's just as weird. It's just as like a, uh, it's a, it is no, it's not a, it's like a bad standard to have. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? If you're trying to like figure things out or tell an objective story. Yeah. In <clears throat> the dark, Madeline Bar- Barron, mm-hmm. I think is her name. But yeah, the other thing that made me think is, it does also expose the fact that on the one hand you have, like you said, not the right word, but unqualified, you have amateurs. Yeah. Right. Amateur detectives or amateur interests, you know, involved in this stuff. On the other hand, you have the professionals, right? And the professionals are always like, you guys don't know what you're doing. Leave it to us. Right. Yeah. And then you have a case like this where, like you said, there's, there's more stuff that obviously we don't know. I listened to the serial episode today mm-hmm. um, where they talk about, you know, him getting released in the, in the case. And it also to me seems like you just got somebody in a position who is like, let's take another look at this. Yeah. And then it gets overturned. Right. Yeah, right. It's like, they didn't find anything. They just looked at the case notes again. And we're like, yeah, this is kind of goofy yeah. and then overturned it. So right. you, you have, right. This is obviously so bad. We need to look into this and yeah, yeah. start over basically. And, and that's, that's all you needed. Like yeah. our, our justice system is predicated on such like a small, like toothpick mm. of a balance of like, let the professionals handle, handle it, stay out of the amateurs. And also like, you just need somebody who cared when they read the file to be like, oh, yeah, no, this is bad. Yeah. You know, like, th- there's no kind of greater system that it seems like the lady who overturned his conviction or reopened the case, she doesn't seem to fit in a larger puzzle of, like, professional work. Like, you can't make a movie about what she did. She literally just read what was on the paper and said, no, overturn this. And it was. And that's it. You know what I mean? Like, that's the justice system at work. And you're like, what a what a joke, you know? Yeah, and the woman is uh, uh, Marilyn Mosby, who's the same person who um, went after all the police in We Own the City, right? He, She's I, involved it in some way because the name's familiar. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and good for her. Yeah. But yeah, again, it shows you like, how much, how, and again, the conservative idea of like, we need to fund the police, let them work, and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Like, you guys don't even care about policing. 
You don't really care. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because right. if you did, you would actually care about stuff like this, about the way that it's done and how many people get caught up in this broken system. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, Barbarian. Oh, re- really quick. Books. I want to okay. mention something real quick. Um, so I started an- another book called Red Plenty. Uh-huh. And it's kind of like red a, like the color. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It's kind of like a historical fiction about Russia. Okay. And the Russian idea of like we are going to defeat capitalism by our other our, our counter economic system. Okay. To go. So like Soviet? I I don't Russia. know. I don't all of these people are like the former Czech Republic or this would have been Yugoslavia. I don't know any of that, right? Yeah. But this, so this is like communist Russia, basically. Yeah, the the Soviet Union. Right, okay. So, yeah. And it's kind of a a history of of the the Soviet Union. And it really is kind of looking at the, the rise and fall of communism and that kind of like planned economy versus capitalism mm-hmm. and kind of thinking that the the fiction part of it is what if russia did their, their planned economy thrived Worked. uh-huh okay. what, what if they did go into a Hell no. into a, a a era of of plenty right and I just want to say, like, I've, we, we've talked in this podcast about political stuff and some of our ideas about stuff. And it's just like reading this book, it just, like, <laughs> I'm just a capitalist. Uh-huh. Like, I, I texted you. I was like, it just <laughs> exposed me, right? I am, the reality is, is like, yeah, I've been conditioned by this system. Yeah. To not want to give up the things that I would need to give up to make the reality that I do want to come true, mm-hmm. come true. You know what I mean? And I, it, it comes down to cowardice, right? As we talk about, because we, we talked the other day about like, you know, video games. I was thinking about that again when I was mm-hmm. talking about like, well, how do you evaluate your life and what does productivity mean and blah, 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 blah. And I even look back on that and I was like, that was such a, I was such a cowardice take of like, there are objective realities of like more productive ways to spend your time. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And communism would demand that type of effort. Like it would demand you being like, I want to be productive for my society Mm -hmm. and I don't want to accept the level of like comfortable struggle that I'm living. Mm -hmm. And the reality is, is like in the end, no, I have just enough of a comfortable struggle that yeah, I'll, I'll read Marx and I'll sympathize with it, you know, but in my heart, it's like, give me those video games. <laughs> right. Give me those TV shows. Let me hang out on a Sunday. Let yeah. me hang out on a Sunday. Yeah. Like, let me not be productive. You right. know what I mean? Let me not be productive. And 
Yeah, I just wanted to say that. I just wanted to say that clearly. Okay. That all my justifications are justifications. I get that. And the only way that I could frame it is I do think that there's a different way to evaluate your own personal, like, productivity. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So if I look at it, I I would still say that, like, I work a full-time job. It, It demands my work. I come home, I provide for my son, and I'm there for my son. Yeah. Like, emotionally, we, you know, I invest time in him. So, I'm good, right? So, I feel like I'm, I'm happy with the way that I'm living my life. But, yeah, if I, if I truly wanted to be, this book is basically showing, if I truly wanted to be a true communist, I'd be like, uh, go, comrade. I, I, I'll, I'll hit up the next yeah. The, the, the next Just hold off meeting. on a couple more decades. <laughs> <laughs> it, you know, same thing about like climate change and stuff. It is yeah. like it's it's awful, and I truly believe that it's real, and that you know we're our children and our children's children are going to be affected. Yeah, it's like yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that a- AC at seventy one. Mm-hmm. Seventy one is way too cold. I mean, well. Our house is cold, but I don't have anything to do with it. Yeah, I was gonna say what? What's this? <laughs> this is this is not seventy five. Don't uh, this yeah, is seventy three? It's seventy three during the days with fans on. With fans on. Hey, listen. Like I said, that's not my deal. Okay. When I lived in Arizona, thermostat did not go below seventy six. Okay. That's gross. But you had a pool, bourgeois. Yeah. Speaking of comrade. Out on personal boats and private uh, boxes. Well, Jeez. yeah. Well, that's a work thing. I don't care. Okay, that's and it's not, also the tides. It's a minor league. You know how much one of those box things cost? Five hundred dollars. <laughs> that's not comrade material. <laughs> I'm sorry to say. I never said I was a comrade. I'm also in uh, Oppenheimer's Republican phase, mm-hmm. and. R.M. Brown mentioned this. I want to read that Nixon land. I, I, no, no, Reagan land. Mm-hmm. I, I've heard about that book. But you realize, like, I'm reading Oppenheimer. It's like none of this is new. None of this oh, thinking yeah. or rhetoric yeah, is for new. Sure. We're looking at it, we're like, oh, my God, can you hear what they're saying? It's like it was always like yeah. this. It was ridiculous. You know what I mean? We, we haven't changed and yeah. altered. But, yeah, Oppenheimer's moving from his communists you know, youth into his Republican, you know, middle, middle-ish age. And mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm fine putting the book down for a little bit. <laughs> right. I'll come back for the big finale where surprise, surprise, the Republican realizes that the system that, you know, he's now been convinced of doesn't care about him right. or the ideals. And it just wants power and control. Yeah. The end. Right. Um, okay. Barbarian, or did you want to hear about my sailing trip? I saw the pictures. I don't need to know. Yeah. I saw you. There's not much to it. Steering, giggling. I, I had to steer that boat for like two hours. Okay. It, it was a, the guy was like, do you want to, do you want to steer? And I said, no, no, not really. And then he's like, come on. And I thought it would be like a five minute. He didn't want to jokey thing. Exactly. I I literally 
drove it for more than half the time that we were on the boat. <laughs> were there any moments where you're like, uh. oh, absolutely. I mean, there's the thing is like it tips and he's like, don't worry, no matter how far it tips, it's not going to tip over. And there are times where it was at like a 45 degree angle. You don't get uh, seasick? No. I do. What happened here? Sophia. Um, okay, so before we talk about Barbarian, I feel like I wanted to um, say this before something else we talked about and I forgot, so I want to make sure to say it here. We're going to break the fourth wall a little bit. If you haven't seen Barbarian, turn the podcast off. Don't listen to what we're going to say about it. Don't go and watch any trailers. Don't read anything. Just go see the movie. Avoid not just spoilers, avoid everything about the movie you can because I think, A, it's it's worth seeing, right, in the theaters, and B, I think not knowing what the movie is about and where it's going to go makes it such a fun experience. And And I watched the trailer after watching the movie. I don't think the trailer even really gives anything away. But there is an element to watching the movie, and and even the name Barbarian says nothing about the movie. You know what I mean? Like I still, I can kind of make a loose uh, uh, connection to what the movie is. I can tell you why it's called Barbarian. Oh, okay. But just not knowing where the story is going to me made it probably scarier but it just made it like it was such a great movie watching experience you know what i mean uh so go see it don't read anything about it don't do nothing about it just go watch it i agree yeah i agree i think it's it's best to be um uh So what is wrong with my brain? (laughs) Why is it called barbarian? It's best to be experienced. Well, that's, I was looking something up while I was, so I was trying to find the entomology of this word, but I saw somebody mention it on Twitter. I don't know that it's a hundred percent true, but it makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. And they said, it's because the way that the, what would you even call her? The creature? The monster. Well, I mean, yeah, it's the a lady. It's a lady, yeah. Yeah. The way the lady said baby was like Berber, Berber, mm. like Barbar. Mm-hmm. And Barbar is like, you go back historically, it's the uh, word that barbarian was, mm. you know, kind of grew, grew from. Mm-hmm. So it also kind of brings in this idea of like, little bit of a parenting metaphor going on here too, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so, yeah. So, Barbar. Bar. Isn't that an elephant? Babar. Ba- that, that's Babar. But oh, okay. Barbar is, yeah, the way that she says baby. Okay. So, <clears throat> it's directed by one of the guys from Whitest, Whitest Kids, Kids You, you know, know, which is a comedy troupe, which I think... It, it it makes total sense, especially with the way where the movie goes in the second half. 
Um, and I'm also, it also makes me think of, there's a clip, um, on Twitter that I saw the other day of John Carpenter. And he was talking about how a lot of modern day <laughs> horror movies, um, are really pretentious, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> and it seems like a lot of the decisions that get made in the second half of the story don't get made unless you have someone coming from like a comedy background you know what i mean yeah and and the decisions aren't like well i guess some of them are funny but i don't know i really love the movie um and after it's over i told you i think it might be like the scariest adult movie i've ever seen in my life yeah <laughs> it's just such a great premise and like I said, because you don't know what's going on or what's going to happen, you're just constantly on the on the edge of your seat. And the casting is great because they get fucking uh, Pennywise to be the guy <laughs> yes. in the house who just looks like a creep, yeah. right? Unfortunately. <laughs> but you're like, man, this is something's off here, obviously. But then you've got this guy that's like, no matter what he does, it's like, this is a bad guy. I don't care how nice he is. This guy's bad. Exactly. Right? <laughs> exactly. And it's, it, I feel like when I think about it, sometimes I'm like, yeah, it must be hard to create like a movie and a story these days. Cause like what, what haven't we seen yet? Right. But you realize like, no, you can just do what you want. You know what I mean? Like just make the story bonkers yeah like we have the ability to kind of match you know any kind of crazy vision that you have yeah and i loved i don't know they was all practical effects i feel like it was practical effects yeah you I know think, i didn't even think about that yeah i think that came through like really strong like she yeah. she was designed really really well yeah, the creature is is perfect, and the way that some of the shots are handled too. Um, I think specifically oh, in when the tunnel. in the <laughs> like, tunnel oh, when God. he bef right before he goes into the old man's room, and it's just a completely pitch black tunnel, and, she, like, and you very slowly see it come in, and it happens so slowly and subtly that it's like it's one of those things where it's like, am I seeing it or am I not seeing it? Right, it's so good. Um. And it's <clears throat> it. What's interesting about it too is, I was I was telling Julia this is there is no like I guess I wouldn't say there's no setup. It's that the setup mm -hmm. comes like in the middle of the movie, mm -hmm. weirdly enough, and the movie just opens, and you're at the point in every other horror movie where it would take forty five minutes or an hour to get to right, but in this you just start there. And so you immediately start on edge and then eventually that's sort of released. And that's when you get like the Justin Long stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was telling you right before I saw the movie, I saw some clip of Justin Long because I was just thinking, what has he been doing? And then he was talking about this movie Barbarians like, oh, my gosh, I didn't realize he was in that. And then we go watch it. And by the time it before it gets to his section, I had completely forgot he was even in the movie. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. It's, um, there's something else I wanted to, I wanted to talk about. Um, okay, let's, yeah, let, let's back it up. So, um, what did you think of 
the what what do you think of the tone of the of the film? Like I've seen, I think a lot of the people I respect have come out and said, like, yeah, like go see it. What we're saying, the 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 hits that I've seen people take or the shots I've seen people take at it are usually around the tone of the film. Yeah. What what do well, you think? Because I because th- the tone is weird. Yeah. And maybe not necessarily it's weird. It's paced weirdly because, like I said, the movie opens. And you're, it opens at the height of tension. And then it just keeps that that height for like 45 minutes. And then it finally breaks and, and you're immediately dropped into like, I don't even know how you would describe it, but just like a, a goofy douchebag. And you're just following this guy around for like 15 or 20 minutes, right? So it's a weird... I didn't have an issue with the tone. I guess the pacing is different, but again, it just didn't bother me. I thought it worked really well. And maybe because maybe it only works because it's different from what you're used to. You know what I mean? If every movie was paced like this, maybe it wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. You know, this is kind of the only time you can do it type of thing. And <clears throat> one thing that I will say is that and I think this also speaks to that is every time I was watching the movie and I had like, um, I didn't like the decision that was being made and for the movie, it always, um, proved me wrong, I guess, proved Mm -hmm. my assumptions wrong. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of them. One of them for sure. One of those moments for sure was, the cut to from the air from the house from the tunnels the cut to the from the from the tunnels to Justin Long driving around like singing being ob- so obnoxious <laughs> <clears throat> and my initial gut reaction was like oh what a weird why would we do why would you like br- break this tension with this um but ultimately if it feel like it comes around and it works you know the the reason why <clears throat> ask about the um about the 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 tone as well is i've seen people also compare it to i don't think you saw it but um a movie last year called malignant by james wan <clears throat> yeah and spoilers for malignant is malignant good no okay <laughs> And here, here's the thing that I don't get, right? <laughs> but people regard it as good. Oh, well, Right, people- because when I was looking at Barbarian stuff, I was looking at the Reddit, and people on the Reddit were saying, it's this year's malignant. malignant. Yeah. Exactly. So so <clears throat> here's the distinction that I want to make. And this is, this is something that honestly, like, irritates me in the horror film community. Mm. And it is this, like, embracing of camp... But, but then misapplying camp to other films, and I think misapplying it to horror films. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, malignant spoilers: a lady will go to sleep and then have these like horrific visions and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Normally, after that, a, a crime will have been committed. Someone will have been murdered. Mm. Blah, blah, she's haunted by something and here's stuff, whatever, blah, blah, blah. 
turns out she, I don't remember the whole thing in utero twin, something like that. But anyway, okay. a second uh-huh. head is growing out the back of her head. <coughs> yeah. And it's malignant. Yeah. And it's killing people. Right. But she has to do everything in reverse. Uh-huh. So <laughs> I was going to say, it's like a Looney Tune cartoon. When she's, when she's like that side of her, <laughs> it's her doing everything uh-huh, in backwards, reverse. Yeah. And you know, you like part the hair, you see this like twisted face in uh-huh. the back of her head and blah, blah, blah. And like, there's a huge action scene at the end. It's ridiculous, and it's her moving backwards. And yeah, they talked about like what the stunt person had to do and how they had to mm. make it. Blah blah blah. The whole movie sucks. It's <laughs> awful. Uh huh. The action scene is great and funny, and yeah. yeah, like she's moving backwards. It's crazy. It's bonkers. You have to watch an entire film mm-hmm. of this lady who has a tumor growing out of the back of her head and is like slowly starting to realize it you know what i mean and the acting is bad and it sucks Mm -hmm. i'm sorry but it sucks and it's got a cool action scene at the end Mm -hmm. people are like four stars four and a half stars blah 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 blah. then you watch a movie like barbarian right Mm -hmm. and barbarian actually like has a premise that is bonkers Mm -hmm. but it approaches it in a way that is like that treats it seriously so the way that it's filmed and the the actions that the people do i also heard people being like i just never agreed with one decision she made in the whole movie and i was like like come on number one in a horror movie, she has to make decisions for there to be a horror movie. Right. I don't want her being like, she did everything perfectly, and that's why it's a PG drama. Like, you know what I mean? So anyway, you, you got to give yourself over a little bit. But her decision-making was pretty solid, especially early on. Yeah, I agree. I had the same exact thoughts because there is one sequence at the beginning of the movie where it is it is almost comical, the amount of bad decisions you have to make in order to get into the position that she's in. And the movie handles it in a way that's almost like, I feel like teasing you where it's like, it's like, you know, she's going to make the dis- this decision. <laughs> I know the movie we knows she's know. going to make it, but we're just going to sit on this for a second. Right. And then I start thinking about it. And it's like, there's a moment where she's walking down the steps and she's hearing this guy scream out, help me, <laughs> scream for his life. And so it's like, of course, you leave and you just go call the police or do whatever, right? But then at the same time, it's like, okay, if we're going to take this seriously, if I'm in a house and I know someone's at the bottom of the stairs and they're calling out for help, I don't think I'm going to leave them to die at the stairs. <laughs> I think I might walk down the stairs and try and help them. You know what I mean? It's just not as cut and dry. And it's like, I don't, I just couldn't imagine myself being outside of the house, walking away to go get help, knowing that someone's in the basement. I don't know, some, something happening to them. And the <clears throat> cops suck. All right, exactly. Later on, she calls the cops. They won't even yeah. go into the building that yeah. they're outside of with a lady who's bloody and right. bleeding and saying, like, I was attacked in there. 
So, like, again, it the, the decisions are also fueled by world building of, like, we will take seriously that police suck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mentioned to you when we were walking out, I was like, man, when I was a kid, I remember the tension of a lot of horror movies are, like, when will the cops show up? Get the cops there. And as soon as the cops show up, there are a lot of horror movies I watched as a kid where I was, like, breathing a a breath of fresh. I was like, Oh, thank God. Yeah. They're, they're safe now. Now, like in modern day, I no longer believe that in my real life. Right. Like, you know what I mean? There would be situations where I'd be like, Oh, I'm not calling the police. Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely not. And I'd be thinking about the optics. Right. So number one, they live in a universe where the police suck, maybe even a little more than, uh, th- th- mm-hmm. than ours, but she knows the police suck. So yeah. He's down there calling for help. What's she going to do? Go to the in, uh, the ineffectual police department? No, right? So that's feeling that. The other thing, and I think what I heard somebody talk about was like the constant closing doors and her like catching it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's the fun of it. Yeah. Like, like what do you want right. from your horror movie? You don't yeah. want like any like fun. And like you said, the movie's smart enough to know when to sit on something and you know what's happening. Right. We know the decision that's going to be made. The question is, how are you going to get her to that place? Mm-hmm. And the way that they do is like consistently funny and like yeah. And and, and do you and care that it's being made? You know what I mean? It's yeah. like you don't want her to go down the stairs because you like the character. Yeah. You know. And you have to build that character up. So yeah, like from the beginning <clears throat> when she goes into the bathroom, comes out, and the guy's sitting there with like the wine that he hasn't opened. He's trying to be like, oh, I saw I offered you this, but you didn't drink it. I know you probably thought I spiked it. So how do I balance this? Like, I'm not a bad guy. I want you to hang out with me. I want to get to know you. Yeah. Like, that's all really smart and fun. And, like, get into the flow of just, like, Mm -hmm. he's having fun and he's smart. Don't sit there and be like, "Uh, oh, man, she's going down there. She knows the door's closing. Mm -hmm. And then she, like, jumps out the last second and props it open. Mm Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah, because it's a horror movie. Have fun. Like, right. why would you allow that to get on your nerves? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, well, not only that. It's also that because that, yeah, that does, that was something I noticed too. But it's also like in that moment, you're probably not going to be thinking about the door closing. There's so much other so crazy much other shit going, going on, on, you know? And she catches <clears throat> the door. Yeah. Who cares, yeah. right? Like, and then, and the thing that I, I also hate is like, and and I think it's on the movie, right? Make a movie good enough that you don't think about this stuff. Mm-hmm. But, but I always think like, okay, if the door closes, well, then my brain, if I'm taking everything literally, well, she could break that door down with something. She's right, gonna, exactly. There's something, that, you know, it's just yeah. like, why even bother, right? right? Just the movie is giving you enough to go along with. It's filmed beautifully Mm -hmm. i thought it was like made really well the sound design is great from the very beginning when she walks into the door they the camera does that thing where it like the sound design like brings up the volume when she takes a step in you're like right oh Mm -hmm. damn she that's the that's the mistake she made but that's not just the mistake because it's not the guy right that's the misdirect it's so smart and clever and the other thing too is like the tunnels on tunnels on tunnels, the opening of the door of the door mm-hmm. of the doors. Fun. Yeah. Go with it. Yeah. Why are you like, why are you nitpicking that? Why are yeah. you allowing that? Yeah. You? There's a level to it that is, um, what's the word? So satire, right? Exactly. It's obviously making fun of horror movies. 
at the very same time, it's using it so effectively to like ratchet up the level of tension. You know, it's great. Uh, one of those, one of the other things that, uh, so one other thing that I really, really like about the movie is that it's not gross. There's no like gross out violence. I was worried about that for you because everyone was saying like, oh, you won't believe what you see. I was like, uh, Justin's going to get to right. Like, so it is gross for sure, but not in a way that's like gory, right? It's not gory right. gross. It's, it's like, it's just <clears throat> like at the very beginning, one of the things they find is like a torture room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, and that was the first thing where I was like, oh no, I don't want, I don't want to see this. And it ends up like, it's, it's definitely a part of the story, but you never see anything and it's never used. So it's not, you know what I mean? It's not a big deal. Um, but yeah, one of the things I think made it super effective for me is that it's just not, it's not gory gross. There is some gross stuff in it for sure. Uh, but nothing that felt like inappropriate or nothing that felt like we're just trying to gross you out for the sake of grossing you out. You know what I mean? He he had a good idea. Yeah. And he like fleshed out that idea. Right. And he didn't feel the need to be like, and then I'll include this other thing that's not true to my vision. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's like his vision has gross parts to it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he could have littered it with unwatchable I gotta wash my eyes out after watching that you know scenes and he does he doesn't because he doesn't need to Mm -hmm. you know absolutely so that's the thing that pisses me off when I hear people be like oh malignant this year's malignant it's Mm -hmm. like no malignant gave you a bad movie Mm -hmm. with a great sequence barbarian gave you a really well designed structured thought out movie that is crazy but it never slums like Malignant does, mm-hmm. which, like, I'm sorry, man. Anybody 45 minutes into Malignant who then turns to you and goes, it's really good, huh? <laughs> it's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Nothing's happened. Uh-huh. It's poorly acted and it sucks. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, that that misapplication of, like, what what is camp now? And, like, I feel like it's used as a crutch for people who don't have full ideas or visions for what they want to make, mm-hmm. then they just like make it schlocky or campy or slap that tag on it. And it's like, they're, they're easy out. Right. They mm-hmm. just kind of pull the camp rope and just like bring in, you know, bring in the, the, the campiness and I, I'm done. Wrap it. Yeah. Let's, let, let, let's go. But barbarian, I think, yeah, is a great, like the other thing too is barbarian is something that I think I would enjoy having watched alone mm-hmm. but watching with a crowd like it really yeah. is a movie that you want to see mm-hmm. with like people like mm-hmm. i would love to have like a movie night sitting a bunch next of people to a complete over. stranger yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh can we talk about that i totally <laughs> forgot oh man yeah the absolute weirdest thing happened yeah so it was my birthday. You bought me tickets. Mm-hmm. Um, and we show up, reclining seats, pre-selected. That's the other thing, too, I want to say. This was like a 4D thing, right? Like, the seats were shaking, were they not? I wasn't imagining that. And that, I think, legit 
added to the experience. I never thought it would. I never thought I would say that. I never thought I would. It would make a difference. I think it legit made the movie scarier. It unsettled. Like that's the other thing too is the sound design of the film. Right. Yeah. It's so good. It's great. It's so good. Um. The, <laughs> so we sit down. And. Just getting comfortable. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, I like see this person walking towards me out of my peripheral vision. And this lady comes and sits down right next to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's alone. Yeah. And I remember like turning to you being like, and you didn't, you bought the tickets. Right. So I bought the tickets. We saw the movie on a Thursday. I bought the tickets on a Tuesday. When I bought the tickets on Tuesday, there were four seats taken, two sets of two, and one was like a couple aisles above us, and one was below us closer to like the exit or whatever. And that was it when I bought tickets. And I bought two tickets right in the middle of one row that was like a couple rows up. So somebody... The thing that I that I want to believe is that she was meeting people uh-huh. and just assumed that those two chairs were like her friends. <laughs> yeah. And then she gets to the movie and she realizes not only are these not her friends, but she's in the complete wrong <laughs> like theater. Uh-huh. They went to Regal and she ended up at AMC. Yeah. And now the movie starts. She can't go to her friends. Yeah, she just got to tough it out. She's got to tough it out here, and just pretend that we're her friends. And so, right. The other thing too is it wasn't a full theater. Oh no, there were dozens upon dozens of seats available. And in our row, she could in just our row. I'm sure in the other rows, slipped yeah. over to the to the side. Nope, she sat there the whole movie. <laughs> And one of the only times she seemed into it, but there's a scene where it's just like she walks out of the house in daylight because you don't see the house in the beginning and it's in a really bad neighborhood. Yeah. And a neighbor's house, the yard is just filled with tires. Right. And the camera just shows these tires and she just goes, oh, Jesus. And I was like, (laughs) why did that get a reaction from you? Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, that just a bizarre. And then after the movie, she didn't, I even looked over at one point to try and make eye contact just to kind of be like, <laughs> Hey, is there any yeah. reason? Like, are you going to look at me and be like, yeah, crazy movie, huh? And she just got up and walked away. And I was like, <laughs> okay. Right. Um, yeah. That, so that was, that was great. It is very weird to look at because my whole goal in picking an assigned seat is to make sure you're not sitting directly next to somebody. Yeah. What was she thinking? <clears throat> weird. Um, <clears throat> oh, but I have one more thing to say, but non-barbarian. Okay. I have a couple things I still want to say about barbarian. Okay. All right. So one, so towards the end is when I really started to feel, started to be more and more afraid that the movie was about to fall apart. One scene that I loved that I think plays into the same um, 
uh, same things we were talking about before of like, you know, this thing is going to happen. The movie knows it's going to happen is the scene where they're at the water tower with the homeless guy. And it's like the scene starts and you can just feel everybody in the audience knows this guy's dead. Everybody knows it. Right. (laughs) And so you're just kind of waiting for it to happen. And then she just <laughs> breaks through a wall, almost immediately rips his arm off and just starts beating, beating him to him death. It. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like the way that they that he can do that, it like set up this scene where everybody knows what is going to happen and then still somehow like exceed expectations was is great. And then um so going back to the things things happening that I just didn't agree with at first. Um, but then ultimately going in a, in a, in the, in a good direction is so when she gets shot, she gets shot in the tunnels. And then next thing you just see her on the ground. And I thought she was dead. And I was like, Oh, she's going to go through all of this and then just get killed. And then we're gonna have to finish the movie watching Justin long. You know what I mean? (laughs) But no, she's not dead. So great decision. Uh, and then, I guess all of them just center around the girl dying <laughs> and me being like, I, she cannot die. This, she has to be alive at the end of the movie, right? This whole thing is going to be ruined if she's dead at the end of the movie. Um, I also didn't love the, um, when they start doing the Justin Long redemption stuff. Right, he starts giving the speech about maybe I am a bad person, blah blah. blah. But then he tur- they turn that around, and then the like the best moment when does Justin Long throw her off the water tower? Somehow she falls off the water he push- tower. She he pushes her. Right. She she slips, but he pushes her. That's with right. Force to to, to sacrifice her. her. Right. And it's and that was the other one. Was like, oh great, well she's dead. And then you get this insane sequence where the lady just jumps off the water tower, yelling like barbar, <laughs> right, like, and lands barbar. underneath her to break her fall, which is stupid and insane. And but it's great and it works for the movie and it's exactly what needed to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, <clears throat> I think you said perfectly. Where you're like, the movie knows what we expect. Mm-hmm. And it knows what it has to deliver, but it knows how to deliver in a way that's still going to get you, like, involved. Yeah. Which is the only connection I can make to Malignant. Malignant knows at the end, but I was just looking at some reviews, and it's like, yeah, in all the reviews, there's some people are like five stars, right? Four and a half stars, five stars. And all of them mentioned, like, I was cackling in the last half hour. Right. It's like, yeah, exactly. The yeah. last half hour of how long was that movie? Whereas Barbarian gives you legitimate, like, ramp up, creeps you out. It's filmed interestingly. It it knows what it's doing with you. Whereas the other one is just, yeah, a kitschy B-movie mm-hmm. that gets to hide under the veil of, like, don't take it seriously. But it's like, well, you're still giving me a bad movie. You yeah. know what I mean? Ah, shut up. You're taking yeah. it too seriously. Barbarian gives you enough there, yeah, to to kind of chew on, so... I, I completely agree. And I love what they did with the... That's the other thing, too, is when people say, like, I don't understand the Justin Long thing. It fits, like, perfectly because yeah. he's not just making a simple metaphor. And it does kind of riff on this idea that, like, horror movies nowadays have to be perfectly, like, 
metaphorically sound. Yeah. And that was the that's the argument that I can understand against the film Men mm-hmm. by Alex Garland. Mm-hmm. I talk about a movie that I cackled in, right? Like <laughs> yeah. that was one watching other people be uncomfortable. I really had a great time. But I agree that that film just felt like it had to be about something. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it got crushed under the weight of it being about something. And yeah. Barbarian, I think, is smart enough to be like, hey, we can play in the sandbox. We can do this stuff. We can make this guy like a creep that you're going to want to see die because mm-hmm. that's the tension you're going to need at the end. And also have him be one of these guys that's like, is he good or is he bad? But in the end, it's like, who cares? No, he's he's obnoxious. He dies. You get a thrill out of it. Yeah. We roll credits. You know right. what I mean? It's gonna you're gonna have a good time with it. So just just relax. Yeah. Don't don't think about it too much. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, it was great. I loved it. Yeah, that was wonderful. All right, anything else? Nope. Yeah, barbarian. I think I said everything. Barbarian, better than malignant. Malignant sucks. Um, <laughs> go see it. See it with people. Don't sit next to strangers in right. films. Yeah. Um, big uh no no. Although that did add to the creepiness. Yeah, there you go. Um, okay. I made one mistake. Mm-hmm. Another mistake. I took Indy to go see uh, a movie this weekend. Uh-huh. Hamburger. I took him to see The the Woman King. Yeah, okay. I would have invited the girls, but I figured it's a little too... I've never even heard of that. Yeah, it's Viola Davis. It oh, Historical like the, epic, the women warriors or whatever. Okay, yeah, I we saw. Did they show the trailer for that before Barbarian? They might have. I think so because I've seen the trailer for sure. Yeah, and I, but you you know the movie that I'm talking about, right? <laughs> yeah, the, the, the girls wouldn't have. I uh, yeah, probably not. Who knows? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm if, if there is a, if there was a single drop of blood in the movie, then no, they would not have liked it. <laughs> I, I I figured. No, know that standing invitations are always open, mm-hmm. and I would let you know, especially if I thought that a movie would be interesting. But yeah, I was like, Woman King, no. I bought the tickets for Indy and the um, took the Ken and girls. Mm-hmm. I miscounted. Okay. So I go to scan, and I'm one ticket short. Oh, okay. And I'm like, crap. So I jump back. I look in the app. No seats by the like I grabbed the seats in the row to fill up and I can't sit with them anymore. Oh yeah, okay. So I had to sit the second row. Uh-huh. So they are all up in row H. I'm in row B. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had to watch the movie that way, which again goes to the the, the question of what's wrong with my brain? <laughs> How do you miscount? The tickets. And I thought, right. I, like, I remember on my hand being like, ah, da, da, yep, boom, locked it in. Good to go. I, what, what got me to take him to the Woman King was a review that I read on, like, Letterboxd or somebody was like, a fastball down the middle. Mm-hmm. And it's like, never is there a movie that's more of a fastball down the middle. Mm-hmm. And... In the era of like Marvel, where Marvel has become that, Marvel has taken ownership of like, hey, do you want a good, not great movie? Mm-hmm. We got you covered. Yeah. Like, you don't have to see anything else. This is like a Marvel esque 
non-Marvel movie. Mm -hmm. And, man, I loved it. Oh, yeah? So surprised Mm -hmm. how much I loved it. Is it made by anybody notable? Gina Prince uh, by the wood? Nope. What's her name? She's made. She made Love and Basketball. Mm. She made another movie that I didn't um, like too much, um, but she has a film on Criterion. Mm-hmm. And she just did a um, a Criterion Closet video. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, super super talented and and um, man, just yeah, she did the Old Guard. With Charlize Theron, and I didn't make it through that one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Love and Basketball. Okay. But anyway, yeah, The Woman King. Good time at the movies. All right. Uh, next week, anything in particular? Oh, yeah. So a few things. Oh, number one, book two of the Factory series. Uh-huh. Brilliant. Amazing. You're done with it already? I'm halfway through. Okay. But he's upped his writing game. Uh-huh. It's crazy. Um, I, I don't know if I'll have it done in a week. And that, that's well, I haven't even started it, so. Okay. So I'll, I'll slow down on that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we're getting to the season of there's some movies I'm interested in. Um, there's some games coming out. Mm-hmm. Um. Did you see uh, Game Pass just released Deathloop? Deathloop? Mm-hmm. Are you going to play that? I wasn't planning on it. Um, I haven't been playing anything. Oh. Outside of... Well, I know that. Well, since I, Saturdays. Since I beat Death's Door, yeah, I've stopped, kind of stopped playing. I've sat down to try and play a couple things, but just nothing has caught my interest. So what are you, like, in the next week, do you see any opportunity for, like, seeing a movie or... Uh, I mean, is there going to be anything out? We're probably going to f- keep watching The Patient. Are you enjoying it? It's fine. Oh. And we stopped what about uh, the resort. We stopped the resort. Why? It's boring. What? There's nothing to it. I, I don't know. It was one of those things where it's like because it's twenty minutes long and there's only eight episodes, I was willing to just finish it just for the sake of finishing it. But Julia was like, I'm done watching this. I don't want to watch it anymore. And I have no reason to argue against that. So we just stopped watching it. I think we watched four episodes. I love the stuff that you get me into and then you bail on. <laughs> Those are my favorite. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, yeah, let, let me know because I'm, you know, um, got my fingers in. in oh, in well, bodies. next week we're going to be out of town. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So when, we, when to when? We get back on Sunday to Wednesday. Sunday to Wednesday. Leaving on Sunday, coming back on Wednesday. I don't know why that upset me. <laughs> now I'm in a bad mood. Well. Sunday to Wednesday. Weird trip. <clears throat> All right, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Okay. Bye-bye. Oh. Really quick. Mm-hmm. A little, a little, little stinger at the end. Mm-hmm. I love how 
the I, I was thinking about this reading Red Plenty and just you know watching like Arm Brown videos and stuff. Mm-hmm. The the right a lot of people on the right want you to think that like the left is apocalyptic. Mm-hmm. That they're like obsessed with like oh the earth is warming oh blah 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 you know um and trying to trying to be like they're the babies right right left to start the babies mm-hmm. meanwhile they're the party of like the apocalypse like we we talked about I think the last episode we talked a little bit about like they're the ones selling like food buckets oh like, yeah when when everything mm-hmm. collapses but they're also the ones who will le- legitimately look in the camera and be like. The world is ending. Mm-hmm. They're trying to rape your children in the classroom. Mm-hmm. They are yeah. CRT is poisoning the mind. Like, you know what I mean? It's such a bizarre juxtaposition between like, you guys are so apocalyptic. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, here's four hours on why teachers are all pedophiles. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's such a like, you guys are the party of the apocalypse. Like. And and you think the apocalypse is happening over dump like the, the little mermaid is blind. Right. And all of a sudden it's like they're running around like the apocalypse. Yeah. yeah. And then on the other side you're like, no, like science is telling us that the globe is the earth is warm. Right. Yeah. You guys are apocalyptic. Yeah, and you can literally experience it every single day. You walk out of this. Uh, I just I just love that.